Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for May 30th, 2021, Trinity Sunday. And we are coming to you uh, not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how are you today? I am well. It's a sunny day and going to get the car repaired today, so all is good. <laughs> Have is, a is it? Is bad it all wheel good? bearing. Oh, okay. It's, it's it's got it's literally got the squeaky wheel that needs the grease. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> well, may it not be the kind of thing where you bring it in and uh, you thought that that was the only problem it had until that's usually yes. how my car visits go. <laughs> I just I take it in and I Uber home. <laughs> <laughs> that would <We're>, be bad. <laughs> we're gonna need a couple of days with this thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, but may it not be that way. Um, so yeah, uh, Trinity Sunday, uh, we are now in the season after Pentecost. Uh, Pentecost was this past, uh, this past week. We had a parish picnic. We had a singular, uh, uh, 10 a.m. service on Sunday. Um, um, and now we're in the very, the, the longest season of the year, um, uh, by, many many weeks i think um uh, but i'm uh, not sure exactly how the what the final scoreboard says but it's certainly the longest season yeah it, it it depends on um because i think we had this discussion last year it depends on uh where easter falls right am, am that's I the variable one in the calendar gotcha so it, it does have it goes up to proper 29 um, so it can have, my guess is it can have as many as 29 weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that by far is the longest. Right. 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 So, uh, but it looks like for this year, um, we start on Trinity Sunday. That does not get its own proper. No, that's always it. <laughs> it's right. It's part of it. Uh, it's part of the season. Uh, and then next week is proper five. So. It looks like we're we're four weeks shy of the longest it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would that make it? 20, <sighs> 25, 26 yeah. uh, uh, weeks? 25. Phew. It's a, it's a, <laughs> that's almost a, the that's almost a pandemic is, length uh, right there. <laughs> the, the And... It and the se- the season we're starting, the season after Pentecost, ends with the season of Advent, which is roughly Thanksgiving. So we have about twenty five yeah. weeks to Thanksgiving. So start planning your Christmas shopping. Oh my gosh, no! <laughs> I, I I would reach through this phone and and smack you around a little bit for that one, but <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness we're still doing this COVID safe. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, that, uh, no, we don't need uh, an earlier and earlier shopping season. Um, um, especially, especially after pandemic, what's, what's yeah Christmas shopping, uh, when all we've had uh, to do for a year has been, uh, look online at the things that we can't buy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then get all the tracking ads after the Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so the, I, I don't, I don't need more. Uh, I don't think uh, of that. So, um, well, I know for me, my tracking ads are things like parts for sinks and dishwashers and thermostats. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of home repairs. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's kind of been where I've been focusing as well. A lot more gardening in the last uh, 16 months, uh, yeah. uh, than normal. Um, but uh, not 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 a terrible way to spend uh, time, I suppose. I, there there are worse ways. Um, well, we definitely have uh, um, uh, stuff going on at the church. I, I think uh, it, it would be important to point out that uh, obviously the the uh, diocesan guidelines for uh, things have been updated. Uh, uh, we don't have, I think, as a an individual parish anything that we can announce quite yet, uh, as I believe we're, we're meeting, um, after we record this podcast. So we'll, uh, but there, I anticipate there to be news of some sort, um, uh, on the parish level here, uh, uh, soon. 
as to um, what the what, yeah. what the new uh, service uh, uh, conditions may may look like. Yeah, and, and we are we are meeting in person, so that was the big thing that we started on Palm Sunday. So it's mm-hmm. it'll be modifications of that loosening of the various rules, uh, probably for the coming months, a bit here, a bit there. So nothing dramatic, mm-hmm. but yeah, we we'll get to do some more stuff. More stuff. That's uh, stuff with anyone. That's the Episcopal way. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. When it comes to church, do more stuff. <laughs> stuff, please, with anyone, uh, in any any possible human being. That's a uh, that's that's my request. Just if I, if I can see pe- <laughs> that, anybody, yes. literally anybody, uh, it'd be great. <laughs> well, and and your vaccination marination is almost done. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I was told I had I had the Moderna, so I was told that technically uh, it's ten days for Moderna. Um, I don't know. I'm not familiar with the science behind that, but the so my ten days is up, uh, but my fourteen days is is a uh, uh, fast approaching. Um, Yay! So I'm very excited about that. I'm gonna carry around my my card as a, 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 a backstage pass kind of deal from uh <laughs> yeah i'm uh putting i'm haven't done it yet but i think i'm gonna tongue-in-cheek put mine in a old um not too old convention name tag holder i realize it's about the same size as my card yeah uh, yeah yeah yeah. You know, wear it on a lanyard for fun <laughs> yeah well then that would really go along with the uh the 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 um Wayne's World concept that I was going to go with, like, hey, is this cool? Is this cool? <laughs> right, like holding it up, <laughs> right, <laughs> like a backstage pass. Go meet mm-hmm. Alice, uh, Alice Cooper. Um, <laughs> sorry, there's my there's there's my there's my movie uh, reference for the day. Uh, so check uh, what 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 all do. Uh, what kind of uh, events do we have uh, uh, going on? I know the, the only one that I know that we haven't announced uh, uh, before is uh, like, I believe we have set a date for some acolyte training, uh, yeah. uh, which is what June 6th yep. uh, after church. Uh, so if you're interested in being an acolyte uh, uh, and, be- and any age, above roughly second grade can do it through adult so if you're an adult yeah. and would like to be an acolyte you are welcome yeah absolutely uh um so uh that's the only thing that i can think of off the top of my head that hasn't already been running that we've uh, referenced before on um i don't know if we've referenced this thursday the men of the parish are invited to a just a fun get together at the outdoor picnic shelter at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Thursday. Very good, very good. 7 p.m. So 7 p.m. this Thursday. So uh, if you listen to this on Tuesday, you got 48 hours. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to it Friday, we missed you. Um, <laughs> Sorry, you weren't there. <laughs> yeah. Or or you were, uh, and glad you or, glad uh, you. Glad, it was great to see you. It was Wasn't so great to see time? you. So glad you didn't need our reminder uh, uh, about it. Um, <laughs> but well, um, if there's anything, if there's not any other announcements, let me give you your person of the day. Actually, let me oh. make one more. Nope, I already said the thing. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Sure. That- yes. Unlike some churches on race day, we will have our usual Sunday worship in person, 8 a.m., 10 a.m., and live stream at 10 a.m. on YouTube. Yes. Yes, we will live stream the race on YouTube. No, wait, what, <laughs> what were you? What were you saying? What were we? <laughs> we'll live. T- oh, the <laughs> service. Live yes, the <laughs> service. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, and if we have the uh, if we have the windows open, we may still hear sounds uh, uh, from. It. But uh, well, um, at that point, it will just be the drunken reverie. But you know, they still hear. <laughs> we might, we might. Um, uh, yeah, boy, uh, um, uh, race day. What a what a phenomenon that we have around here. If anyone here is new to Indiana or Indianapolis uh, and hasn't had the pleasure of race weekend. Uh, it is a sight to behold. I, th- I think it's something like, um, at capacity, like a half million people, 
and around that, there, yeah. And if and we're doing they I fill think, every piece of lawn that they can, yeah. Yep. And uh, at forty percent, which I think is what they're uh, they, they did for this year, it's a hundred and forty thousand in the stands. Um, yeah, they're not just understandably just they're not having a tight packed infield this year. Still, it, that is yeah, a, it's a lot of that people. is a, a crazy amount of humanity in one spot. Um, uh, so. I have to admit, even though I I admittedly have not attended the race, and I can clearly oh. hear it from my yard. Mm-hmm. Um, we're like a mile and a half, I think the, by the crow fly. I, I looked that up once, um, but much longer than on roads. I still enjoy <laughs> watching the television coverage at like 6 a.m. of all the traffic that is already formed to get into the parking lots. Yeah, it's, it, it is absolutely nuts. Uh, uh, I've gone once and, uh, so I've seen it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's that's enough for me uh <laughs> yeah with every year that i probably shouldn't say this because it'll sound disloyal but with every year passes i have less and less regret about never going <laughs> as far as the horror stories i hear people say oh yeah i have tire dust all over everything i was wearing and i can't hear a thing but what a great time <laughs> Yeah, the, the I never thought about the dynamics of tire dust. <laughs> it's it's a it, it, it it's a it, the the threat is real. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of it's 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 crazy. It's a it's a yeah. it is a it's a whole thing. So uh, looking. But I also to have that. to admit, I I really enjoy the frolder all around it. Yeah, it's, it is kind of yeah. like having the Super Bowl in town every year. Absolutely, the pomp, pomp and circumstance is is incredible. The 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 awe and majesty of it all. Um, yeah, people and, decorate at least in around where I live, which is what what am I? Northwest Indianapolis, so uh-huh. it's very close to Thirty Eighth Street. So I think that's more central. Anyway, people decorate their yards. They do all sorts of fun stuff to yeah. be part of the action in their <laughs> own homes. So the challenge for you is to find a race themed uh, sermon. In this, in in these readings, uh, so let's don't worry. You don't. There is no such thing as bump day and getting into heaven. <laughs> we'll we'll see if we can uh, we'll see if we can uh, make that a little bit more poignant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am told there are clergy that have checkered flag vestments they wear, but I am not one of those. <laughs> People of the parish, we need to make this happen. Just a <laughs> quick, quick online search should be able to find something. Let's uh, let's see if we please can get make this them done. out of breathable fabrics. <laughs> it's gonna be warm. <laughs> oh goodness! All right, well, uh, Bruce, let me challenge you with your person of the day. Um, yes, and uh, I will uh, give you the year. Um, the only, the only year information on this person is born August 18th, 1587, Virginia Dare. Do what? The the only, the only date that I have, that that the glossary has on this individual is the person's birth date, August 18th, 1587. And her name is Virginia Dare. Oh, I thought you were saying where they were born. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> so I was thinking you're saying it backwards. It should be Dare, Virginia. Nope. 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 Virginia um, Dare. North American? Yes. Uh, don't know. <laughs> I, I can make some guesses, but they would only be quasi-educated guesses. That's that's okay. Uh, there, there's there's not too much on this individual. I just thought it was interesting that we actually have this information. She is the first child born of English parents in America. And wait, what year? Fifteen eighty-seven. Oh, yeah. Okay, gotcha. First child born of English parents in America, and probably the first person baptized in America in the English language. She was born to. Uh, uh, the granddaughter uh, of Governor John White, 
of Virginia and uh, is the child of his daughter, Eleanor. That's really it. <laughs> it doesn't say which which um, community she was in? Uh, Roanoke Island. Okay. Um, so she was born on August 18th, baptized August 20th, and little is known about her from there. Well, and that shows you, this may sound odd, but that shows you how diligent traditionally Episcopalians are about record keeping. Yeah. In that her baptism was recorded, is what we technically call it, mm-hmm. when we write down the records of a person's baptism. And we have these big leather-bound books that we write them in. Um, some people have switched completely to computers, but analog data is what lasts the longest. Yeah. And every parish I've served, we have gotten phone calls and sometimes visits of people who want to look through the records to find parents, grand, you know, depending on how old the parish is, find ancestors because mm-hmm. they, they aren't sure where they were born. But if they can find where they were baptized as part of the baptismal record, it says where, what, what community they were born. Huh. And so then they know where to find the birth certificate. There you go. Yeah. There you go. But I thought that was interesting. I was, uh, I was, I, I, I had initially uh, selected because that was the only part that she could really see on the main page was the first child born of English parents in America. I was like, ooh, I bet she has an interesting story. And it was, <laughs> and it was interesting nope. that that was pretty much that was that was it. Uh, um, but I, but I realized that that was a, a kind of a, um, in a way that's that, it's a fascinating uh, uh, title to have you know i mean first first person born of english parents in america i mean that's uh, 1587 i think that date would also potentially surprise a few people of like wait is that right is that that's really early you know that's a long time ago like yeah yeah we've had well but if you were from the west by that point uh spain had already done a significant number of settlements along the west coast so they Mm -hmm. that's why it has the nationality mentioned because there are already many europeans um or people of like european descent who have been born in the americas but all of them uh on the west coast of north america yeah yeah that was a and it's also i mean it's also uh, uh while that was a long time ago um, uh, and a long time prior to you know the establishment of the of of uh, the country in 1776, uh, 1492 is when we you know learn about uh, uh, Columbus sailing. Uh, um, you know arguments about to America or not to America, but you know if people are starting to come to the continent ninety years prior to that. Uh, the the first first child being born of English parents in America is kind of oh did did it really take that long for colonization? Well, it it took that long for the English to get their act together on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Portuguese and the Spaniards and the French were already hard at it. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's just kind of interesting that the, the the English were so far. You know that's that's nearly a century after. Yeah. Uh, after uh, uh, Columbus sailed that way, so. But they had gone through all in England. There were there were a lot of religious controversies going on that were leading to a huge amount of instability in the monarchy. In the and in other words, sort of in the in the federal government, we would say in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And so there weren't the resources for ex, for exploration, and that's why the way that they got started, the English got started on it was through piracy. So that they hmm. could literally rob the Spanish, French, and um, Portuguese, uh, and even maybe even the Dutch, um, of their riches from the New World, and then use that to fund the colonies in North America. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's <clears throat> fascinating, but that's not why anyone's listening to this podcast. <laughs> Shh, no one listens to this. Uh, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> And you have not hung up, so I just kept going. <laughs> right, 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 right. I'm sure. So I do I'm, have to put in a word for the Vikings, who increasingly look like had there you go. some colonies in Canada, what's now Canada. And yeah, Newfoundland. Said, 
and not so much. <laughs> Went right, home. right. <laughs> and of course, uh, uh, fellow listeners, we know you're actually there. No, no, no offense intended. Only, uh, only towards uh, Bruce and myself. Uh, <laughs> no one, no one wants to hear us yammer on about the, about that though. I, 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 I think they want us to get along onto the uh, the lectionary reading. Um, I would hope so, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we will leave Virginia Dare uh, as we left her. Um, and uh, our first reading is Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 through 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet. And with two they flew, and one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed, and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. Um, so for, this is the first book of Isaiah. Uh, yeah. And a, a, a conveyance of a vision. Um, who is, I mean, is there a specific audience uh, that Isaiah is sharing this vision with or just the general populace? Basically Jerusalem. Okay. Okay. Um, and um, the, the, the seraphs, the, Having, I don't know as if I've, I remember any other imagery in, uh, uh, involving um, angels uh, that had six wings. Um, I don't know if that's, I, I'm sure I'm probably wrong on that, but that, that stands out to me as like, oh, that's, that strikes me as different. Um, well, it, they, they occur two more times in Isaiah, and what a lot of people don't realize is that they are taken from Egyptian art and are oh. cobras. They're winged snakes. Okay. So more, they're, they're pretty So this story got more terrifying. Great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to, but it, this may sound odd, but to me that explains why they had so many wings. If you have a long snake, you know, yeah, presume you, you know the wings can go down the sides of their body and keep that whole long thing going. What's the uh, the the imagery here of two covering faces, two covering their feet, and and two flying? Like what? What's the importance of that? I find that kind of interesting. Well, an it, interesting it, reference. The the first two are are poses of devotion, which okay. is a term I just made up, but. <laughs> So find it in the history books. Uh, yeah. But it, it, in, in today in the Middle East, um, covering one's feet is a sign of respect and devotion to someone else. Um, and covering one's eyes is throughout the scriptures, and, in, and I presume in other religions as well, is a common reaction to being in the presence of the deity. And in the flying, they're, they're doing the function. Right, of, right, right. Um, serving God and being messengers. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was. I was initially expecting a, a, a see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil kind of a, 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 a cadence of the six wings, but uh, but that makes some that makes some sense. Covering covering. What, where does that actually come from? The the covering of your feet being a sign of devotion. Um, I it's I think it's literally prehistory um in part because feet were usually really dirty okay okay so you were you were hiding hiding the the uh dirtiest part of you or or 
covering yeah, it up. You're, in the you're present hiding the, the camel manure that was between your toes. Yeah. There's an image for you. I was, I was just going to say, great, thanks. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> Enjoy your breakfast. <laughs> um, and then uh, let's talk a little bit about this um, um, torture uh, that Isaiah goes through. Um, the uh, images of uh, Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark come to mind here of mm-hmm. holding the live coal with a pair of tongs and touching his lips is this uh, uh, feeding into that uh, fire purification concept that we've talked uh, several times about, or like yeah, this okay good because otherwise this does not sound as like you know, it, and it is a vision. Sure, it's, it's not what actually happened. Well, that that's fine, uh, it, you know. But I wake still up scary. In quite. I would yeah wake up in quite the cold sweat if uh, a six winged snake uh, put a burning coal on my face. Um, Which is worse, yeah, the, the snake being able to fly to you or the coal. All of it. It's all horrifying. Um, okay, so so uh, because it does say your guilt is departed and your sin is blotted out, so that so that the live coal. Um, I, I suppose one could make the inference that it, that's like the the similar to like last like the last week of a uh, uh, day of Pentecost uh, the like the the kind of the tongue of fire the mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit of of sorts touching him it, completely. And, yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and and it the coal is not just some random coal; it's coming from the the holy fire. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and it it now frees Isaiah to be able to speak God's words because Isaiah's mouth is literally well not literally because it's a vision but because Isaiah's mouth's been purified yeah yeah um I yeah I would I would I would assume um his his statement of here here am I send me would be a little bit more mumbled uh, and muffled after <laughs> literally burning his face. But <laughs> if you're pointing out that he then speaks, you know, essentially is speaking God's language at that point, uh, then I guess I suppose that makes sense. Uh, well, and yes, it's not the mighty Python version of quit mumbling. <laughs> <laughs> he burned my but face. my tongue is burned. <laughs> You burned me. Um, uh, so, so, for, so for, I got to do my movie reference. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Uh, I think we, I think we've shared that one uh, several times. Yes. <laughs> we share an affinity for that. Um, so, so I guess in a way, in, in my mind, then, so this is kind of Isaiah's statement about like this is part of the reason why I am speaking to you now, uh, feeling filled with the Holy spirit, feeling touched by God. Uh, what I have to say is important. Why is this then chapter six and not like, Hey, by the way, Jerusalem, all of Israel, uh, I talked to God and here's my vision credentials. Now listen to the next, you know, 20 some chapters of what I have to say and heed its warning. Um, why is this like uh, uh, six chapters in then? Or, or is that not the point to be credentials? It's, it is a credentialing. Yeah. And it's an editorial decision. I think it's because the first six chapters are, are very powerful in their criticism of the, of the people of Jerusalem. Hmm. And so now it's like, okay, now that I have your attention, here's how I have the authority to say these things. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. 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 Before you stone me to death, listen to this vision I had. And now that I've got you all good and riled up. Yeah. (laughs) Let me, let me, let me uh, retweeting like crazy with criticisms. (laughs) Right. Right. 
let me let me let me forewarn you about the flying snake uh, uh, who touched my lips with fire uh, before you criticize me any further. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he had a and interestingly, Isaiah has one of, if not, the, I I haven't compared, but it seems to be one of the longest, about the longest spans of being a prophet we can in the hebrew scriptures so he says really harsh things and also very comforting things but he isn't like with jeremiah thrown out of the city gates mm. he, they mm-hmm. they keep listening to him so the, these the visions he has are powerful enough that i won't say they convince people because i think it's more that the Holy Spirit convinces the people that, and these visions are helpful in that process. Okay. Okay. And, um, the mention of King Uzziah here, um, Mm -hmm. uh, would, would this basic, would this essentially be saying, um, now like was King Uzziah like a revered King? Was he kind of like uh, a kind of King that uh, Isaiah was saying is implying like now that that nastiness is done with, we need to return to God. Like what's the, what's the, is there, or is there, or is that kind of a, a now that the great and good uh, King Uzziah has died, we need to stay on the straight and narrow. Like, is, is there any, inference there on on as far as the 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 i was going to say royalty i guess that technically wasn't the the setup that they had going um but uh um the kingship is was there any sort of commentary that is implied here i think it has more to do with a war that was about to start and people it's to i think it's to place it Isaiah's vision historically mm. that you know right, remember how right after King Uzziah died th- that war started mm. then people said oh okay and so that's when Isaiah was called to be a prophet gotcha okay so I think it's more a historical marker I you had very good suppositions um, because that's often the case with a prophet is that God raises them up to respond to a crappy king Right, um, but I think here it's much—it's more a uh, historic marker. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Uh, anything else about Isaiah before we move on? Yeah, just one thing in verse three, where the the holy, holy, holy. This is why we have that as a part of every holy Eucharist we celebrate. It is this specific reference? Yeah, we are we are quoting. The heavenly chorus around God's throne, which again, metaphor, there's not literally a guy with a beard on a chair somewhere. Um, so but, the, so I, I just want to finish painting this imagery here. So you're telling me the reason that we say holy, holy, holy in our, our uh, service is because of this vision of a chorus of flying serpents. Cobra who are saying especially this. yes i am not going to be able to shake this image of flying snakes saying holy 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 <laughs> in my forget the whole, that, for another well i'll call this a literary reference i can't remember what they call it in harry potter but yes this we are singing in snake language when we uh, sing this. the snake language in harry potter is uh um oh gosh i just had it Nope, it's gone. That's it's gone. Parcel tongue. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So this is Bethany's a parcel tongue hymn me. to God. Yep, I'm definitely going to think of that the next service we're in. <laughs> <laughs> Though Isaiah had it first, since he, since King Uzziah died in 738 BC. So you know, okay. I, I, I think he gets full credit for coming up with the possibility of singing snakes. Still, uh, uh, (laughs) a chorus of giant basilisks with wings. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, heck, it might get the youth group to participate more in church. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, it's going to scare the crap out of them. <laughs> That's why I said youth group and not children. <laughs> All holding tongs with fire. <laughs> Chanting at us. Uh, it's a it's beautiful imagery. Um <laughs> Sorry, I know that's where my mind went and probably is not where Isaiah was intending me to go, but that's... <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> Sorry, Prophet. Uh, <laughs> that's what interpretation is all about. Um, <laughs> let's move on to uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 12 through 17. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if, in fact, we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. Um, uh, this is Paul, right? Right. Letter to... Um, I'm trying to remember. We've had this discussion, and I totally forget. Um, <clears throat> it's not... It, 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 is this just kind of like an open letter? It's not an op- uh, a letter to a very specific region or... Um, it's a relatively open letter, yeah. Um, okay. That that it's Paul's summary of what he thinks is key to mm-hmm. what he's been teaching. It's not the earliest letter, even though it's the first letter of Paul in terms of the table of contents of a Bible. Right. Um, but... Um, it is a summary. It goes to Rome, so there, so there is definitely a angling towards a Roman view of the world rather than a Jewish view of the world within the letter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also um, where with, within the letter, Paul seems to have a sense that he may soon be arrested and killed by the Romans as jesus was that's Mm -hmm. that's a subtext he doesn't actually say it in the ways that jesus does in the gospels but it's definitely a subtext yeah um sorry sometimes it requires me to reread several times uh paul's words because he as we've discussed before his style sometimes is a little is this the, just the way the Romans thought? Uh, like, is this like, is this, <laughs> this kind of like circular pattern? Like, uh, oh, or, like he, he uses commas the way I do, which is like uh, no, my brain doesn't. can't finish a, a thought. Because um, <laughs> remember, he, he, when. He, yeah, there's no commas. I know. There's I know. no punctuation in the Greek that Paul wrote in. So, so all these commons are the translators sitting there going like, I, I yeah, all right, <laughs> comma, um, <laughs> new thought, <laughs> semicolon, <laughs> um, but uh, um, so so it is an interesting dynamic that he describes here being uh, debtors um, to the flesh, which is so the the we are we are um, in debt in a way to. Um, our worldly um, existence is that is is that uh, kind of right? Is the word debtors correctly used here, or like I'm kind of curious as to some of the translation? Well, it, one of the things that Paul's dealing with is a a philosophical structure inherited or stolen by the Romans from the Greeks or whatever phrase should be used mm-hmm. that saw the world as it's so hard to explain to a Westerner they saw the world as not quite real that the most important okay. things were spirit and what was around you 
was um, a, a poor manifestation of that spirit. And that, that applies not just to living things, but, but to dead things as well. Hmm. So I, I remember a philosophy teacher explaining a chair has the spirit of chair behind it. And that the essence of human intellectual endeavor was to get to that essence of chair rather than stop at simply that physical chair in front of you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that was a yeah. tough one to overcome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that would be a kind of a mountain of, <laughs> of a challenge there. Um, but so the, the word he's using is one that better is certainly accurate, but mm -hmm. um, it's one that implies obligation. I mean, that, that's the emphasis of it is obligation mm -hmm. um, that is more relational than a financial transaction in modern times right. usually is said to be. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, that definitely does carry like a, uh, a kind of a price tag concept. But uh, so that's kind of interesting that you, you point out that it's obligation, more the obligation uh, base. Yeah, so it, it's, you know, we, it, he's trying to say your primary relationship is not, to be to your physical form, but mm -hmm. to the spirit. Hmm. Hmm. Um, did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. I'm, I'm interested there about what he's talking about there in the uh, verse 15. Um, what's a spirit of slavery? Um, well, again, he's dealing with this way Romans think, mm -hmm. where everything has a spirit. So he's, tr he's trying to play with their imagery of how they think the world works and that and contrasting that with the the accurate. Holy Spirit mm -hmm. vision of mm -hmm. how the world works. And the spirit of life that God gives. Because remember, in both Greek and Hebrew, spirit means breath and wind, as well as mm -hmm. a mm -hmm. supernatural type of spirit. Uh, so he's playing around with the imagery of slavery that, well, maybe a, a way to put it in modern terms is people will say things along the lines of, that's just our instincts. We can't help it. Right, right, right. And, you know, if if I were doing a paraphrasing, that's probably the approach I would take with these verses is, yes, you have instincts, but you also have choices to listen to the spirit, to live mm -hmm. out those instincts in a holy way rather than in a selfish way. Yeah, he also seems to be uh, almost in this verse directly combating the idea of worship or devotion built out of uh, kind of the fire and brimstone fear, uh, and and then instead turns it to uh, your your it. This is something is more along the lines of the spirit of adoption. This is you're part of the family. You are. Um, um, one and the same, uh, and so therefore should behave um, as though you belong in this family. Uh, yeah. It's kind of kind of how I'm uh, interpreting it. Yeah, which he has talked about extensively in the chapters before this. What that would okay. actually look like. Gotcha. Um, which is interesting because that's still uh, an an aspect that I think challenges uh, the spiritual. Uh, 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 our, our own spirituality um, uh, today, which is, do I do this um, out of fear and reverence, uh, or do I do this uh, out of out of some some other means? Like, a, do, do yeah. I 
do I believe in God because I will uh, otherwise uh, face eternal damnation and hellfire, or do I um, do I uh, believe and praise God uh, because of uh, gifts given and and uh, and that kind of a thing? So we still struggle with this. So even though this is identified for the Romans, this is still something that that's very relevant. It seems and... to be pretty relevant too much of American Christianity has found it much more effective to talk about fear rather than about adoption. Mm -hmm. That, you know, I've, I've heard in one-on-one -on -one conversations with clergy from other Christian denominations that if you don't put fear into the sermon, people are, are not going to pay attention. Mm. And, you know, that, that, there's a communications truth about that, but it's a theological blasphemy because yeah. what Paul is saying here is very clearly that we have been adopted by God. We are beloved children of God and we're not supposed to fear. And so then to have sermons designed to stir up fear in people just drives me up the wall. Right. Yeah. Um, it's one of the reasons why Christianity has an increasingly harder time in American society where people are saying, your guys are a bunch of hypocrites. You talk about God loves us all, and then you talk about fear of hell. How does that right. go together? And we Episcopalians would say, you're right, it doesn't. Those other Christians are wrong. <laughs> or maybe wrong. We don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> um but uh, yeah, it, it, and it's also I, I think worth pointing out uh, that yeah, fear-based um, devotion of any kind uh, will only net and garner a, a very specific kind of relationship, uh, and, and one with far less uh, far less honesty, I would say. Um, well, the w relationship that Paul describes as being a slave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in the worst sense of it, uh, you know, in every worst sense of that, that you live in fear, you have no idea what's going on. You ha all you can do is answer to the whims of um, rich, Your master. rich, yeah. yucky dude. Yeah, yeah, and 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 hope that it, things break your way. Yeah, um, probably more by accident than design. Right, right. Interesting. Anything else about Romans before we move on to John? Um, the reason, one of the reasons we have it for Trinity Sunday is Paul's talking about um, the Spirit, the Son, and Abba mm. Father. Gotcha. He never actually puts them all together in a single sentence to say Holy Trinity, but this is one of the places where we get those elements to say, yes, the concept of the Trinity is a biblical concept. Gotcha. Interesting. All right. Uh, John chapter 3, verse 1 through 17. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, how can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, You must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. 
And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Um, so, uh, story of Nicodemus uh, here. Um, um, confusion over uh, being born again. Um, um, which, you know, good on Nicodemus for being uh, the guinea pig for all of us. Because <laughs> I... I none of us would have responded any differently. I mean, that's uh, it, kind of the first person to hear this would have been like, huh, what? <laughs> so sorry, sorry, buddy. You got, he drew the short straw for, <laughs> for biblical <laughs> took history. Took one for the team. <laughs> right. Yeah. It really took one for the team there. Um, uh, but it, it's, it's interesting, though, as I'm reading this, while still that would be the reaction of like, wait, what are you talking about, Jesus? Like, how, how do I get, how, how am I, how can one be born uh, from above? It kind of seems to imply, it seems to me to imply that Jesus is saying, um, you know, hey, uh, you are born from above. Don't you know right. that? Um which I don't think Nicodemus ever gets, uh, uh, at right. least not in, in this accounting. Um, right. Okay, so that really is what Jesus was trying to say, was like, no, dummy, you already are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's that constant, particularly in John, the re frequent refrain of the passages is, you are already part of the kingdom of God. Live like it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And don't spend your time arguing about is it dark or is it light or uh, born from above. It, you are, to use Paul's words from a few moments ago, you are adopted by God and you get to call God Daddy, Abba. Mm -hmm. Um so, yeah, it's Nicodemus being kind of obtuse almost to a, a well, definitely to an obnoxious degree. Mm -hmm. But one of the interesting things is that he is willing to be in conversation with Jesus. Yeah. And so yeah. Jesus doesn't say, hey, you're a Pharisee, get out of, get out of town. Instead, Jesus does engage him. And talks to him for many, many verses beyond the verses we have this this for this morning's um, lectionary, mm -hmm. uh, but really does come down pretty strongly on Nicodemus about remember you're from God, you're not of this world, you don't take things literally. Think of those cobras with the wings. You know those aren't real. Mm -hmm. um, and Thank God. <laughs> oh, you know, one other interesting thing about the cobras with the wings is <laughs> okay. Is that you know, to you, haunt your nightmares further? Let me tell yeah, you this. Go ahead. Is that you, you might have heard me say that they were uh, seen in Egyptian art? So this is another place where the one true God takes powerful imagery from a false religion and says, "Here's what it really means." Hmm. Okay. Uh, so. In some ways, that's what Jesus is doing with Nicodemus of, look, you know, you do know God is the one true God. Why do you make everything else seem so much less? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, he does come down on him a little hard, though, there. Uh, verse, verse 10. Uh, aren't you? Aren't you a teacher? Aren't you? Yeah. Specifically? <laughs> I imagine like Jesus looking around, like, isn't this guy like the le a leader of something? And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's and like oh, yeah, like we said, Nicodemus is taking one for the team. So many of us are leaders, um, right? Particularly to people outside the church, anyone who goes to 
church lots of Sundays in a month will be seen as a Christian, you know, with a capital C and up on a podium. And mm. so we have to make sure that we're not being a Nicodemus and seeing the world as a small, harsh place, but right. rather are living in the spirit, as Jesus says here, and therefore being able to see the, the grandness and grandness and the love and all the other things that the one true God places in the world for us to see. Mm -hmm. Um. This reference in 14 about Moses lifting up the serpent in the wilderness. Yeah. Maybe I'm just having brain fog going on, uh, but I'm, I'm a little unsure as to that reference because I remember, um, I remember Moses, you know, throwing down his staff and it becoming a serpent. And I remember that story, but I don't, I don't remember one in the wilderness. Uh, what, Refresh my memory there. It's in Numbers, the book of Numbers. And if I have it right, I haven't looked it up um, this morning. If I have it right, if you are bitten by a snake, look up at the um, statue's too strong a word, the staff that's carved like a snake, and you'll be cured. So it's a, a snake protection staff that hmm. shows God's supernatural care for the people of Israel. So he's who saying are, who here, are wandering through the wilderness still. Gotcha. So he's saying here, just as, just as Moses uh, offered up this opportunity for healing and protection. So is the son of man being lifted up to the rest of humanity. Yeah. And that refers to the crucifixion. Right, 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 right. Um, but, but still, st still, for, yeah, implying that 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 sense of of uh what the what the staff was for right so yeah um, yeah for people so to be able to see it and be saved yeah whether it's from a snake bite or from their own separation from god hmm. interesting um i mean we do we do go through the story of nicodemus uh regularly so is there anything that you would point out about this that hasn't maybe hasn't been mentioned uh, often or in a while that we haven't just talked well, about? I'll just pull it again into Trinity Sunday of um, Jesus talking about being born of the Spirit. So mm -hmm. this is one of those places where Jesus is explicitly referring to what we now call the Holy Trinity. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, the various, I mean, in various ways, um, Jesus has talked, talks about all what we now call the three persons of the Holy Trinity of, because he talks about God. He talks about the spirit. He talks about the son, um, mm -hmm. referring to himself. So yeah. it's a Trinity Sunday passage. Yeah. And I think uh, the only other thing that I, I just now noticed was um, obviously John three sixteen incredibly famous, and I think we've had our uh, conversation before uh, mm -hmm. where I talk about how I actually like the uh, um, passage to expressly include seventeen, um, which it is for this reading. Indeed, God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Uh, really, kind of brings that quote into a little bit sharper focus. But this yeah. time around, I it, it's made expressly so, realizing it comes on the heels of the reference of uh, the that serpent staff that you were mm -hmm. you uh, 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 informed us about. So um, that it, it it it's basically doubling back on that concept to explain it further. Um, that that's what the son of man is here for not to condemn the world, but to right. save and to be that beacon through which, uh, that is your darkest times. You, you'll see the light of God. Yeah. So I find that, I find that very interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, with that, I think we'll call to a close this, your podcast for Trinity Sunday, May 30th, 2021. Uh, we look forward to 
um, engaging with you in worship, uh, uh, however uh, it work, continues to work for you. We've got uh, 8 and 10 o'clock services on Sunday. The 10 o'clock service uh, continues to be broadcast live. Um, and uh, look forward to uh, seeing you either in person or online, however uh, you see fit. And until uh, next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.